if, if I had Tom Sturgis's navel, I would do a lot of navel gazing myself. <laughs> oh, ayo. I am. So is... you thought on that one for how long now? An I don't know. hour? <laughs> there was no place to fit it in, really. The, the uh, great thing just... about it was is that he's just been holding on to that, holding that close to his heart, thinking about Tom Sturridge's navel. He is quite tight. <laughs> Welcome to that episode, Was. We are Popsicle. In this episode, we'll be offering opinions and reactions to the Sandman Season 1, Episode 5, 24 7. <laughs> I'm excited to get into this. <laughs> In which John wants to save the world, everyone. The series was developed by Neil Gaiman, David Goyer, and showrunner Alan Heinberg. This episode was written by Ameni Rosa. It was directed once again by Jamie Childs, who's doing a hell of a job. Um, I am, uh, Philip Kelly. Uh, I'm moderating this to the best of my ability, as you can see, uh, we've got, uh, these great people who I rely on to, uh, be so much smarter than me. Uh, and that's why these podcasts work so well. Uh, I've got Lisa K Weber. Hi, Lisa K. How's it going Hello. today? <laughs> I'm feeling so much smarter than you today. Oh, good. That's so good. I'm happy. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> See, I, I'm already just opening myself up to be like the punchline, so take advantage of it. Uh, Justin Peniston, hi. Speaking hey of opening myself up to be the punchline. I, I, I will not accept your charity. Oh, look at that. <laughs> look, I feel somehow like punched even harder because of that. <laughs> I reject your generosity. That's right. <laughs> Ouch. Generously am, rejecting I your know, generosity. I know, I know. Justin, Justin will mock you on his own terms and no one else's. Amazing. And you'll like it. You'll come at me when I'm not ready for it. Uh, Kelly Sue Milano, hi. <laughs> hi. There's nothing I love more than a Phil preamble. Love it. Love it. Thank you very much. Uh, Claire Thorne, hey there. Hey there. How's it going? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm fine. Good. Good. Yeah, bringing, I'm bringing in a spirited opening here because we're about to get into some dark bullshit. Oh. Um, <laughs> I guess this is some dark bullshit, right? Because uh, okay, so this is the end of the Burgess story arc, and I love how they've adapted this to that because we start mm -hmm. with the Burgess, we end with the Burgess in the sort of first because John is actually a Burgess, and you know, in this, and it's yep. I, I love how that wraps around back to the beginning with these changes um mm -hmm. but we have john here trying to fix the world by stripping away lies or is he really just dreaming of how he would see the world stripped of lies is this his version of honesty um and, and the salmon is like nah those aren't lies those are dreams uh, but <laughs> but dream has such an inflated idea of his own importance like john's point of view is of course obviously skewed but his dreams a little bit maybe are either of them ultimately trustworthy narrator narrators is is john in some ways right whereas dream is he in some ways wrong and you know i i want to 
open this up. You know, we can talk about it through the lens of the great cast of at the diner. Um, we can talk about how, and this was the hot take I was toying with mentioning last time that how John and Dream share a similarity and that they were both trapped for most of their, you know, for a long time, for most of John's mm. life. And so they're both kind of victims to being trapped and just letting out recently uh, uh, in that sort of way, at least through John's eyes, he feels like he's a victim of being trapped. And, mm. you know, so th there's a there's a similarity there as well, which I find to be interesting if mm -hmm. maybe it's accidental to the storyline that's already there. And but I do find it to be interesting. So, you know, I'm going to there's a lot there to dig into. Mm -hmm. uh that i just opened the floor up to uh, there is look at you like coming out here like oh i'm not as smart as everybody and then <laughs> I know, right? come out with like this question it's fucking smart as hell yeah well a great there you question. go yeah. okay. <laughs> sell yourself short neighbor yeah um, find I, the connection i i lower i lower the bar i lower the bar so i can come out and sound a little better um oh i see yum 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 uh, so who would like to uh, jump into this first? Who'd like to tackle it? Uh, um, big ideas. I'll go. Yeah. Just because I I think about this episode and this story a lot. Yeah. Um, and I really love this. I love this chapter of the Sandman in the book. I loved the representation on television for a lot of the same reasons that I actually still like the killing joke, murder me. <laughs> but what you walk away from is that like, or what I walk away from it with rather is that like to think that like boiling human beings down to like their most debased is what's real is a lie. It's just not true, right? And I think that that is where that I think is where Dream and John differ. Yes, they were both held captive. I love that parallel. And I love how we get to see it in this episode. Um, but also coming out of Dream just being saved by hope, right? And hope is a hope is a human artifact. Um, so to just say that, like, oh, you just you remove the pleasantries and what's left is what's real. Um is not true so john is right in a sense where it's like yeah people have a facade and it's a societal facade and it's all about being accepted and oftentimes it's not real or it's not authentic but it isn't a lie yeah. um and so if this were a celebrity death match <laughs> um green would win <laughs> Um, but I can also see like there is a lot of because John is John is a human, right? Um, and I think that there is a really interesting story to, that's being threaded with the presence of John D in, in the 24-7 episode, which is like humans are conditioned by the world around them. And if you are conditioned by abuse and trauma and if you aren't loved and if you're neglected this is going to be the product of that um and that's actually the truth is that if you aren't loved you will become this so 
Well, exactly. and yeah, and if you're if you're if you're gonna be like defined by your trauma, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like John D very much defined himself by his like trauma, yeah, of, like growing up on the run and with mm-hmm. a mother that he didn't believe loved him or cared about him and yeah. in any real way, I mean, and like mm-hmm. feeling, you know. lied to as in like not trusted um and so that's how he sees the world he sees the world through his trauma Mm -hmm. and um you know a lot of these episodes leading up to it dream started doing the same thing like we talked about in dream a little dream Mm -hmm. where it was like he was he was getting dangerously close to kind of abandoning his duties even like it was a small scale in Mm -hmm. regards to Mm -hmm. Rachel but it was like he nearly did it because he was seeing the world through his trauma Mm -hmm. um and yeah again it's like yes in the celebrity deathmatch dream wins (laughs) um because um it really does kind of make you see how important hope is Mm -hmm. Um, that it it drives people to be the best versions of themselves. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's nothing in, I don't see anything inherently wrong in that. No. As a well, parent and John I also does. Think... And being honest is like a noble pursuit. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a difference between like being polite and mm-hmm. lying. Yeah. And John D doesn't make that distinction. And mm-hmm. so there's just no room for any yeah. kindness in his world. Well, and I think Not that it's it. also building upon what you're saying with that, Lisa, is like the lies that are the most oftentimes damaging are the lies that we tell ourselves about who we are. Mm-hmm. And so much of that is I think that's when the lens moves into the people at the diner. Like Mm -hmm. when we're telling ourselves lies about ourselves or we're deluding ourselves or we're not wanting to see the truth of a situation, Mm -hmm. um, that's where so much of the insidious behavior actually, that's where it stems from. And I think particularly like um, Bet's story is so heartbreaking to me every time because I'm just like wow Mm -hmm. there's an arrogance to the idea that you think you know yourself Mm -hmm. so well that you are capable of knowing other people and that's you know John is sitting in this diner and he's watching all of these people and passing judgment on what he sees as falsehoods Mm -hmm. when there's a distinct line between an outright falsehood and lying to yourself in quotes Mm -hmm. because you don't actually understand yourself Mm -hmm. does that make sense and that's kind of like the definition of compassionate humanity right like it's being able to acknowledge that other people don't 
we we that we shouldn't be putting this burden on other people of knowing themselves so much that they're not lying to themselves mm -hmm. um, out of this arrogant idea that we somehow you know live above that yeah. when we're just never going to know ourselves completely mm -hmm. it's it's we we strive for it but i just don't think we get we, we're never going to get there entirely yeah. Um, and so it's that arrogance, I think that, yeah. And like you're saying, even him stripping away all of that stuff, all of that stuff that society like puts on us to confuse us from who we truly are or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody in that diner truly knew who they were at the end of that experience. Yeah. And they also would not have been violent yeah. Without the influence of John and the Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think Fellas. I think the I, I I agree with everything you guys have said. I think the only thing I really have to add on is that, and this is why this particular judge chooses dream in the celebrity death match, <laughs> is that um no one person knows what objective truth is. There's just no such thing as objective truth perceived by only one person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, I, I mean, I think Claire called it when she said it was arrogance. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, John D is not capable of knowing what anyone's truth is, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and like, simply saying don't lie would not make that would not create that result do you know what i'm saying um and i am i'm self-aware enough to know this i can be greedy i can be cruel i can be self-obsessed i could be i'm inappropriately horny I'm, you know, I, I who isn't, I, am I right? I mean, like, know? who on Jimmy this podcast? We've well established we're all hoes. Yeah, here. but yeah. So, yeah. and yet I am also kind. I am also, you know, forgiving. I'm also, I'm also generous. Like, mm -hmm. so, even his view of truth, because all he did was bring out the worst in these people, not the truth about these people. Mm -hmm. you know um so it, it wasn't even his truth he just i feel like he just lived out his traumas yeah. you yeah. know what i mean yeah like mm -hmm. his you know he saw the world uh, through his shit colored glasses and that's what we all got to see yeah mm -hmm. you know yeah. well, um and, and not only his dramas maybe his desires or his like everything that we saw kind of happen i feel like was something that he's never been able to experience and that he wants to also experience right. you know, some degree. And the thing about dream and the thing about lies, another word for a lie is a story. Mm -hmm. You know, one might be intended to deceive and the other to entertain, but they're the same thing. Mm -hmm. They're both things that aren't wholly true, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and dream is 
among other things, the king of stories, the prince of stories, the, the god of stories. And the stories we tell to each other and to ourselves are important. They are, in many ways, the foundation of society, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I think if you remove all falsehood or you remove the checks and balances we put on our baser selves, you've basically said, you're basically saying, I don't want there to be society anymore. I don't want there to be civilization. I don't want there to be, I don't want there to be community, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, that's, that's kind true. of what you see. Just happening. nihilism. Yeah. It was yeah. just yeah. nihilism. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what you see. Happening. And not the cool kind. No. No, 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 not, no, not the, yeah, no, not at all. Uh, yeah. Um, the, uh, I mean, there's a reason why they juxtapose everybody committing suicide with her burning her stories. Cause it, it, just to kind of like echo what you're saying, Justin, is that visually it's saying exactly the same thing. Like mm-hmm. you, you burn the stories, you might as well just be burning people, uh, you know, yeah yeah um i want to i mean i want to give a shout out real quick since we're talking about still kind of the diner um to the cast getting one episode to kind of fill in these people and to give us fully uh uh well-rounded like individuals to go on this journey with was pretty impressive i thought Mm -hmm. um pretty some great performances in this thing Totally. Um, I was so happy for all of them. Yes. Look at you. You're doing so good. You're all getting to act opposite David Thewlis, which is a <laughs> triumph and an achievement all its own. Um, I mean, a majority of them, at least. Yeah, oh, I think yeah. they all interact with him in some way at some mm, time, right? Not, not yeah. the, not the cook. The cook. Not the doesn't. cook. Yeah. I can't think oh, of his name. Marsh. Yeah. Brett. Marsh. Marsh. Sorry. Marsh. Marsh. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's the worst he is kind of the worst <laughs> yeah his yeah his truths were kind, kind of the of worst, the worst of yeah. All his truths really really is. yeah they're kind of gross like dude yeah yeah you're a bummer yeah you're um, re- this is a bummer episode but like you're actually bumming gross. me out yeah 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 <laughs> anyway yeah no no um i we can we're gonna we're gonna move on to the next one and i'm sure as we talk we talk we might come back to these gentle folk at this diners again but um you know th- let's talk about the items of power right because that's what this whole thing has been about up until now mm-hmm. uh dream getting back his items of power mm-hmm. um and you know we we could talk we, we we talked about it in the previous podcast uh, the dream journal um a little bit but now myself having read through the whole story and kind of know knowing where it's going to end i'm, I'm approaching this element this element of this where we're at in the story now a little differently in my head so i'm mm-hmm. we can talk about where dream is at with these articles of power now in the moment but also without maybe revealing too much about what happens later on to readers or viewers that don't know what's going to happen mm. does this what does this signal like his sort of revelation as to how much power he put in these things and him coming back to his full power does that speak to anything to any of you about where his story is going to go uh later on is this like a, like is there something to taking full 
responsibility of all of your power like that? Does that make sense what I'm kind of saying? Yeah. Like sort of. It just feels like it's hard to answer without out spoiling anything later on. Yeah. Like yeah. if we're, if we're going to do this, I feel like to have this conversation in a fair way, yeah. Cause we've all read the comic, right? We have to just talk about it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, well, let, let's do this. Let's talk about first how it affects or what it means in the moment here at the end of this story arc. Well, for and Dream. I, I, it's and like, then... even for the story, it's like, for the story, it's one thing, but I mean, like, if we're talking about this as something where it's like, as with all stories, it's they're designed to build community by <laughs> relating to people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the fact that it's um, the, this kind of concept of like internalizing your power instead mm -hmm. of externalizing it is something that I think that like we as humans and viewers of entertainment mm -hmm. <laughs> and partakers of story can relate to mm -hmm. as far as like the kind of stuff that we do in our own lives like how like how much energy how much of yourself you put into something you know put into mm -hmm. some aspect of your life yeah. um and what it could feel like to like you say take full ownership of your power again and not put it in other things so we can talk about that yeah yeah because that's fucking beautiful well, and that also that's beautiful it ties back into i think similarly to what you're saying lisa it ties back into what lucifer says in the previous episode which is tools can be traps I'm yeah exactly yeah. yeah and i think that that is exactly how it becomes a trap when you are thinking, oh, this thing I've externalized or I've told myself a story about why I need this particular thing in order to be powerful mm -hmm. um, and that that can become a trap. I don't. I hope I didn't take what you were wanting to say, Justin, although I'm kind of happy I did. <laughs> <laughs> wow, talk about, talk about your, uh, your, your, your true self Ooh, I let my John D show yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you, you, you may have cleared me just a wee bit there. Okay. Yeah, that's but fine. I, I'm, I'm content with it. I, I do feel like, you know, there's almost a, there's two prongs here. There is the, maybe you shouldn't define yourself by your stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Like maybe there is a, there's a bit of a, a a polemic against materialism there, you know. Sure. Um, and there's also something to be said about taking full responsibility for what is yours to be responsible for, you know, mm -hmm. um, and not abrogating your responsibility to other things, you know. Mm -hmm. Um what you call it i mean but i think that's yeah i don't want to if i say more i'll just start digging into the comic and how it goes on so i don't want to yeah you know but yeah 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 uh claire well lisa cleared me really thoroughly like she just got in there and said that was all, a deep clearing all of the things um 
I will just offer again the perspective and my joy in getting to watch my son watch these episodes, oh. not having any idea what is coming down the pipe, right? Yeah. And we, my husband and I failed a bit because as we we're starting to watch the show, as things were happening, you know, both my husband and I are like flinching. And I don't know, we got about 10 minutes into it and things are still like very even keel and quiet and which... God, that was the the direction of this episode mm-hmm. was just yeah. so yeah. Wow, the tension, and all of a sudden my son pipes up and goes, "Oh my God, I can't handle this. You guys <laughs> hype this up so much, and there's so much tension right now. I can't even deal with it." And he wasn't wrong. Um, yeah. Good Lord, it was. Well, they yeah, they visually build. And they keep building and they keep building and it doesn't release until she pokes her fucking eyes out. <gasps> like I felt it build yeah. all the way to that moment. And that was the moment where I was like, <gasps> like it was yeah. a lot yeah. like, like Jesus, like if what the, what a really visual release that yeah. moment was. Yeah. Um, and then for that. And again, my son does not like my son watched world war Z when he was mm-hmm. like seven and like just kept nice. watching it. And there's, I'm proud of that, but also he he doesn't always react to the things that I think he's going to react to, like like gore, like that doesn't usually get to him. But that moment, when, as soon as we knew what she was going to do, like he says, m- even my son was just like, nope, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. that. It was just all the best reactions. It was so most, great. Because most everything yeah. else is implied. Like they pan up before the hammer goes into the hand. Yeah. They don't. They show the fingers already cut, but they don't actually show yeah. the 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 thing cutting yeah. the fingers. They That's, show him cutting. They show him cutting. cutting but you don't see, see him the actual. Actually. Yeah, yeah. But we hear. We hear, we hear the fingers yeah. again. It's all implied. Mm-hmm. It's all like. Yeah. You know, well, sounds I, and I, I like was that. walking into this, and I was like, okay. I remember, of course, of course, mm-hmm. reading this and thinking, I've never experienced like reading horror and having it affect me so intensely as I did the first time that I read this issue of the Sandman. Yeah. So I'm going into this and I'm thinking, I really hope that y'all thought this through. You're <laughs> <laughs> no, no about doubt. to yeah. alienate yeah. a whole bunch of fucking yeah. people if you I'm, really yeah. go for it in the wrong way. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent there with you. Yeah. I think this was of all the stories presented in this season, this is the one with the highest bar mm-hmm. because yeah. this was the most visceral mm-hmm. gut yeah. check of, a, of an issue yeah. of this, uh-huh. you know, maybe of the entire series, you yeah. know, oh, yeah. legitimately. Um, yeah. And like a, a friend of mine was like, you know, he's like, I'm getting ready to watch Sandman. I hope they don't, I hope they don't fuck up the 24 hours episode. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I responded, <laughs> I, I simply said, look, it's different. I said, check your expectations because it's not the same uh-huh. which is of course why it works you yeah. know i think because yeah. if they had tried to to just you know imitate what they what it would have gone before it would not have gone well yeah no. um yeah but no, it's uh, important as as they keep on doing with the show it's important to build these emotional stakes and connections yeah. with these mm-hmm. characters because like in the source material in the comic it's like all of the people are painted as much more negative versions than they are in the show. Like they're not like, they're not terrible people or anything. They're just people trying to live their lives, but they're not painted with nearly as much empathy and sympathy as they are in this show. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, there's and yeah. So like as it so that that kind of slow beginning where we're kind of taking the time to really get to know everybody as John is watching everyone in the diner. And that all like informs how you feel about all these people as they descend into John's version of their reality. And um, that makes all the difference in watching this versus reading it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I can't add anything to that because that was perfect. Like <laughs> that's a perfect thought. Um, yeah, I. Well, there's also the, there's the art in the comic mm -hmm. is Dringenberg's style because this is one of the first issues without Sam Keith. Um, Dringenberg's style is like a little unforgiving to its characters. Yeah. No one looks nice and sweet as he draws no. them, you know? Um, I mean, he doesn't get there at all until he draws death, you know, in subsequent issues. And even then, he's literally drawing a, li a real person. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, but these people all have a harsh kind of angular look. And there's also... There's, it's context because in the late 80s, early 90s, we're still in the greed is good phase of America. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we're not really, you know, we are coming at least, at least we've reached a point now where kindness and decency are, is it, that concept is at least fighting with greed is good now. Do you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Yeah. Like, it, it may not be the dominant thought, but it's certainly not, it's not off the table now. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes a big difference, you yeah. know? Yeah. There was a natural cynicism to 24-7 that was just kind of there at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, to something Justin said about uh, the dream sort of um, owning his story or, or, or tell, telling himself the story of the, what these, well, we've all kind of talked about it, actually, you know, dream kind of telling himself the story that these items are what give him his power. I, I feel like there's a strong connection to the 24 seven characters in the stories. They're telling themselves thinking that those stories give them power. And sometimes they're the wrong stories to choose uh, and, or the wrong dreams to be kind of grabbing onto or grappling with Uh you know, I bet the obvious case, you know, hooking up with this guy who's an absolute, just the worst, uh, you know, that's, that's a story she doesn't need. That's actually hurting her more than it is like maybe helping her along her path. So. Well, I, and I, as dreams talking about each of what their ultimate desires are, what yeah. their ultimate dreams are, it's nothing to do with anything we saw them do no. in the diner. No. Like, when he talks about Bet just wanting to create something that means something to people, we don't mm -hmm. see any part of that in John's version. You right. know, it's like, but Dream knows that that's what she really wants. That's what her ultimate hope is. Yeah. And yeah, again. Yeah. 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 Again, I, you know, it's what John thinks he sees in everybody is really just John what yeah. lives in John and that mm -hmm. whole visual sequence of in his head and Jolie Richardson getting to do horrible, like that whole like little montage that, that yeah. zips by mm -hmm. really quickly. I'm, I'm, that's one of the, 
many things I'm sure I'm going to yeah. want to go back and rewatch very like minutely because mm-hmm. boy, they were putting some stuff in there. Yeah. Of how he yeah. viewed how well, his, th- he felt his mom felt about him. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that's such a great point too, because when I think about, you know, I have not to uh, go into any crazy details about it, but um, in my family of origin, my grandfather is like, a like, a monster, like the worst kind of person that you can imagine, right? And over the years, as I've tried to sort of reconcile the fact that I have this kind of a person, one human being away from me in my lineage, um, they talk about that what happens when people are really abused or very traumatized is that they go about getting their needs met in misguided ways. So at the at the base of somebody who would be sexually abusing another person at the root of that is a misguided attempt to have connection and i love the point that you made phil about how dream can see that john can't see that and that is why dream wins (laughs) all right Oh, and does he ever, by the way? Yeah. That- yeah. Oh, my God. Well, we can talk about that sequence oh, a little bit when we come back because we're going to go mm-hmm. to a break real quick. Give our listeners a moment to scrub their brain <laughs> and before we dive back in, because that was a lot. Need to give it, a scrub. it was a lot. So scrub your brain. Uh, we'll be right back. This episode of the Popsicle podcast is brought to you this month by HunterBlackComics.com. Hunter Black is the best damn hard-boiled fantasy webcomic on the internet. Just ask series creators Justin Penniston and William Orr. If Tarantino, Tolkien, and Tartakovsky made a webcomic, it might be half the two-fisted tale of blood-soaked revenge that Hunter Black is. Maybe. There's a new page every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and it's absolutely free. So what are you waiting for? Hunterblackcomics.com because you need a comic that'll kick your ass. Bravo. That, that was sounded, a feeling. That sounded really good. I mean, I'm happy with that. Me too. If, if Justin isn't, then he can fuck himself. I hope you send him that in the recording <laughs> of that ad. I'm going to. I'm going to. I, I, I think so. I think so. If you're enjoying this episode, you're in luck because in September, we'll bring you our next That Episode Was tackling Amazon's The Rings of Power series. And we'll follow that up with our long-awaited deep dive into David Lynch and Mark Frost's Twin Peaks with our throwback podcast series, That Gum You Like. And you should always keep your eyes out for more pop-ups. For those updates and all things Popsicle, follow us at PopsiclePod on all social medias and join our mailing list at our website, PopsiclePod.com, for all the latest news and announcements. That's PopsiclePod, B-O-P-S-K-L-P-O-D. back brains scrubbed ready to continue um with some hot takes uh and this will dig into the you know the final battle and and this sort of dreams who can uh john has um but 
Well, first of all, David is doing the best listen acting ever in the diner. Like he basically listens the entire episode and every nuance is amazing. Um, mm -hmm. I love how as the gem really starts to take hold, the use of red lighting in the shots is also really great. We're living in the dream now. That's sort of mm -hmm. that sort of wish. Um, specifically, John's reflection in the glass as the burgers being cooked while uh, they're both in the kitchen, the two of them, is really remarkable. Some of these shots and framings are wonderful. Um, and now to jump to the last sequence, uh, when John is walking down Dream's hallway, there's definitely a The Shining vibe, which I completely dig. Um, it's sort of been the way, okay, the way David Thewlis moves in this entire episode is wonderful. The way he slowly lifts his feet up. And so like one foot is kind of like, uh, lateral while the other one's down and he slowly turns like you could study this episode just to watch david thewlis's movements which i have done already and it's <laughs> remarkable um so please other hot takes or thoughts about this final battle or anything uh, else the image of dream being huge oh yeah Right out of the comics. Holding him yeah. where I'm like yeah. this. Exactly. That I appreciated. Yeah. And also, um, you are not the higher power. <laughs> yeah. The higher power. Right. That is a real, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> Squash. It's giving me very, I don't know why, but this is the way my brain works. It was giving me very kids in the hall, like I'm squishing your head. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> and I was like, that's exactly the energy you need to be stunting on this hoe because, dude, <laughs> you are not in charge, um, which is why I love that imagery so much. And That's sort of, one of my only sort of, I still love his casual sort of wear at that point in time too. Uh -huh. Like he's just totally, he doesn't have to reflect his power out anymore. It's just like he's got that sort of like perfect quaff of hair. Yeah. Yeah. T shirt. Yeah. Little t shirt. Yeah. Just, you know, I'm not, I'm doing, I don't have to prove day. anything to you because yeah. I'm already yeah. like so much bigger. light, light work day today. <laughs> right. Right. Casual <laughs> Friday. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I also, I love, <laughs> I'm just I thinking love, about casual Friday in the dreaming, like totally in the endless. Oh God. Uh, I also really loved the way that they made the diner seem um, at times so small. Claustrophobic. Yeah. yeah. And then at other times, like a six bedroom house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was incredible the way that they were doing that. Yeah. yeah. Loved it. Yeah. In, in that I, way, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I going back to David Thewlis's performance in this. I, the my favorite moments were just the moments where he's just talking to Bet, the waitress, mm -hmm. and that actress Emma Duncan. This yeah. is her second credit on IMDb, like, and she just knocked it. Like she had so oh, much to fuck. carry in this episode. She was amazing. Amazing. Her response when he says, do you actually think I'm handsome? Mm -hmm. Like her facial yeah. reaction yeah. to that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, oh. <laughs> it took my breath away. Yeah. 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 When, when she starts to clue in it or when things start happening, 
the way she changes and that and her reaction to everything going on is just so well done i loved her yes queen (laughs) second credit like seriously second credit in imdb i'm just kind of floored but Uh and that can't uh, wait to see more of you and that that sequence claire that you specifically are speaking of before anybody else can say it i thought those were dutch camera (laughs) angles used wisely (gasps) gee yeah i thought of you i liked those dutch camera angles a lot disappointed that i didn't get to be the one to mention that yeah i I figured i would i figured i would throw it down before you got a chance to do your hot takes just well done when i see those now i have never before before knowing you philip i never knew about dutch angles never Mm. gave them any thought you're welcome yes you're right and now every time i see one i think phil (laughs) what was the big offender in the mcu rewatch oh my god it was oh of course it was the first thor do you love how i don't even get the question out before (laughs) phil was like it was thor Just but yes, yeah. they're used oh. they're, the use of the Dutch mm-hmm. angle to let us know up oh, things are not yeah things this is not right. just in case right. you were unclear that <laughs> yes. was weird. things were skewed. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Now yeah. our characters know. <laughs> right. um, two hot takes, which both kind of harken back oh. to the comic as well as the show, that just really stick out to me first. Like Neil Gaiman was upending gender norms so early, mm-hmm. you know, like only one of these awful people in the diner, quote unquote, awful people is someone who actually physically abused a lover. And that's one of the women, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, and that's like, I love that he was so enlightened that he let women be truly awful in a way that humans actually are mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying as opposed to some yeah. cartoonish you know well, she's a bitch kind of way do you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah. like i think that's important well and arguably the most accomplished and i'm sorry i'm probably getting ready to declare you i apologize Justin. just go for it the most accomplished you are who you are and <laughs> powerful, happening. powerful person in terms of just status is the is a woman and an asian woman mm-hmm. in this no, you did not clear me there. That's okay. a good point. That's an excellent point. And that and that's a point that's unique to the show as opposed to the yeah. comic. Yes. Um the also that actress played pollution in Good Omens. Oh, that's right. And I've totally lost my other hot take. Sorry. Oh, no. no. It got it got Offending gender there. norms. Claire Brain. Always doing Justin. such amazing work. Um, the woman beats up the lover. No, it was. It wasn't that related to that. I. I don't remember. I'll, it'll come to me later. I know, okay. but. Uh. But it's okay. Um, I'll do mine. If my, I forgot, well, it could have been that important. I had to. First off, um, I mean, I know they kind of hint at it in the comic, but I loved seeing visually, like, yes, the three women. Oh yeah, the Hecate as the fates. Yeah, as the Hecate. I was like. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk like, because you were talking about kind of like that's the moment, like after the eye stabbing, where it's like <laughs> we actually get to take a breath because we can sense now that it's like, oh, we're coming to the finish here. Mm-hmm. We're coming to the climax here. And like, 
it's so them coming right at that moment to kind of like indicate we're going to we're in our our final act now of this is great and I loved to see it um second and this is just totally random (laughs) but like you know Netflix potentially being over here like we don't know if we can afford to make more of these Mm." (laughs) um whereas I'm like how much did Samsung pay for the product placement because I was like the holding phone was so specifically like filmed that it's clearly a product placement and I'm like just keep getting Mm -hmm. more of those yeah I would so much rather have that with like like very clear product placement (laughs) then no more of this you know there's another time that my son went what was that? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that was a spot on impression of Netflix, by the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How are we going to pay for more of these? <laughs> I remembered my other hot take. Yes. <gasps> Yay. Uh, oh, good. Which was simply, I read a review of this episode and they were talking about how in the end, Dream takes mercy on John D mm-hmm. and doesn't kill him. But you know, returns him, you know, to the the mental hospital. And I thought, is that mercy? Given, I do not agree with that at all. Yeah, given their recent parallel, you know, imprisonments. Yeah, isn't that mm-hmm. you know like the opposite of mercy? Mm-hmm. I mean, and would you rather be dead or imprisoned for the rest of your life? Like, I don't know. Like yeah. you know, well, there's disagree the frying pan or fire well, he kind of he presents it to john almost like oh i'm doing you a favor yeah, it's yeah. Like, it yeah. wasn't your fault that the ruby came into your hands it was other right. people that that led you to well, it but back to and jail so <laughs> but then also i'm just gonna put you back in prison but then yeah. also <laughs> but it's, who's but it's... gonna clean up this mess <laughs> yeah. yeah i think yeah. in dream's mind it it i don't think i think that reviewer got the choice is wrong. I don't think it was put you back in the prison or I'll kill you it or, you know, just dust you. I think the choice was I put you in this prison where you're sleeping and, and enjoying a, a happy dream existence in theory. Right. Um, versus I'll do what I did. I'll do to you what I did to Nada. There it where, is. Like you or I'll do to you to what I did to um, Alex Burgess. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like he's yeah. very, like yeah. he very gently lays John D mm-hmm. back into the bed. Right. Like it's a very kind of like loving, intimate kind uh-huh. of action. Dream treats people differently who wrong him specifically than yes. people who are just generally sort of chaotic and maybe not good for anybody else. Because he's a petty bitch. Because he's a petty bitch. Always- which There's brings us that- all the way back to the beginning of this yeah. conversation, yes. which is like, nobody is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Least of all, dream. <laughs> Least of all dream. Least of all dream. I have one more hot take. I think it's funny that both times dreams, dream is announced that he's going to appear, literally steps in right after. Like we had it with, in the Constantine episode where Mad Hattie's yeah. like, Dream's gonna come, and literally she yeah. turns around and he's there. And in this one, the Hecate are like, "Dream's gonna come," and they turn around and there he is. I just both times we have like a let's say I Dream is funny. arriving instead of yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like announcement. Yeah, like yeah. and tonight and our next guest of honor is and he like steps he's in. like the yeah. butler from Mr. <laughs> it's not hey, prophecy if you can literally <laughs> see them over their shoulder. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, it's... <laughs> right. anyway, 
just a, just a funny aside. That's all. I, I it didn't bother me at all. Um, okay. With that, uh, we're going to go to our that episode was um, that episode was Justin. That episode was satisfying. Lisa, that episode was. That episode was. Perfect. Claire, that episode was. Heart achingly. Just heart achingly. Mm -hmm. Plug in a plug in your own word verb. yeah no matter what i would just like to remind on. all of you listeners that claire wants the rest of us to only use one word yeah. in this circumstance but i literally can't come up with like I, yeah. there's so many Hard achingly each of you can supply your own extra word now. Yes. <laughs> i'm not doing the work for you kelly sue that episode was that episode was heart achingly metal oh, <laughs> oh. that's a good one Ooh. Uh, that episode was tragic. Like, like yeah, there's hope in there, but kind of just tragic. People uh, don't get fixed. No, people don't get fixed. <laughs> no. They get left there dead in a diner. Yeah. Sometimes people don't get fixed. Yeah, they don't. You know? Yeah. Uh -uh. Most of the time, yeah. I would venture yeah. to say. It just yeah. seems like if you're suddenly capable of holding John D in your hand. I'd actually fake. love to do an entire episode about only the people that do get fixed. And it's like, at least dream kind of addresses it after the fact when he's out on the street with Matthew. Yeah. And he's like, done is done. I can't really do anything yeah. about this shit, yeah. but <laughs> I can make sure everybody sleeps peacefully tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and Gee, I'm like, thanks. you know what? Fine. Yep. I'll take it. It's a trade Fair minimum. I'll get me. Uh, you, <laughs> that's, you. Like, that's like his lowest like skill, level skill. You will, like, you will get a full eight hours before you have, you can wake up and deal with this shit. You get a full eight hours. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we seem well nothing. rested to deal with this shit tomorrow. <laughs> can I, let's let's can I not undersell the value of a truly good night's sleep. Oh, I know. Yeah. That's, oh, that's no. why I'm like, I don't even know how long it's I, been for me. Because it's like, I wouldn't expect Dream to be able to be like, oh, I can reverse all of this. Like, mm -hmm. that's not in his power to do. What's mm -hmm. done is yeah. done. Yeah. 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 So the fact that he's like, I can address, this is what I can do, is like, you know what? It's perfect. I yep. can, I can that's give you a little. That's what you can do. It's perfect. Give you a little psychological healing in the moment right Yeah. Now. Yeah. May I make a just small like observation slash question? We haven't seen Matthew on Dream's shoulder yet, correct? Well, they're not that friendly yet, are they? Right. Yeah. They're still getting to yeah. know you. Yeah, they're still in the bonding I, I phase. I have not watched the show past 24-7. Neither are So I. I'm just expressing the fact that I'm noticing that and am anticipating a very emotional, emotionally, heart-achingly poignant payoff moment when we finally see Matthew on his shoulder. Everybody else is silence. Uh, and Everybody in that silence, silent. in that silence, we're going to move to Justin's recommendation because he's got a recommendation for today. So um, Ooh, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> I was a little torn. So I'm going to really upset Claire. I have two recommendations. Um, Sort of like having more than one word for my that episode was. I've well, Claire, Claire always comes with two. Yes, she does. I do. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm a proponent of. She never comes with just one. Yeah. So, firstly, 
after watching an episode like 24 seven, when you're just like, fuck my life, that was a lot, you know, you might need a little bit of a palate cleanser. And I will then turn to, I've recently turned to a show that Netflix is giving its due and letting play out its full story. And it is in so many ways, the very opposite of what this was uh, in all the ways, but quality, because this is still an amazingly good show. If you're not watching Never Have I Ever, mm-hmm. you are missing some amazing television. Um, it is, for all you uber geeks out there, it is Miss Marvel without the spandex. It is, you know, <laughs> a good look at, you know, a brown girl's life. Um, it's a teen comedy with a little bit of drama. It's super well written. It's really cute. It's just lovely and fun and thoroughly engrossing every time i start watching it every time i've started watching it i always want to keep going until it's done like it is a sh- it is an eminently bingeable show for me um it's and easy it's on just... the eyes and not necessarily an age-appropriate way for me to be saying that <laughs> i'm sorry what did you say i said it's easy on the eyes and not necessarily an age-appropriate way for me to be talking about oh that. well the person who you're probably, you know, eyeballing the most is like 40. So I think you're fine. Oh, okay. The actor. <laughs> um, in fact, you. my only issue with the show is that they've got this like 40-year-old actor dude playing this 18-year-old kissing up on like a 19-year-old, you know, actress. You know, I'm always I'm like, you. But um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good show. It's a really good yeah. show. And I think if... If if twenty four seven was a bit much for you, never have I ever will keep you will hold units embrace while still giving you you know a good story's worth. The other thing th- that I'm watching right now, and you know, it's a it's a little harsh. It's a harsh show, brilliantly executed. But maybe the two episodes, the last two episodes of this show, are the two realist like hard-hitting episodes of any show i've seen in a long time and that is reservation dogs oh, oh my so god so episodes good. three and four the most two recent episodes of season two of reservation dogs had me way up in my feelings in a big way you know dealing with daddy issues and loss and grief and coming together and friendship and betrayal like all this heavy weighty shit you know, and for it to be told in this very particular context about people who you just know have gone through some shit, just hearing the word reservation is enough to make you think these people have gone through some shit. It is an incredibly potent, amazingly executed show. It is, in my opinion, the finest thing on television that Taika Waititi has his hands on, if nothing else. For sure. uh, but maybe maybe close to the best show on TV. It's really that good. Um, so yeah, never have I ever and reservation dogs. Thank you, you didn't disappoint those. me with those at all. You didn't yeah. upset me in any way. I yeah. just meant that there were so many. Oh, good. Choices. Okay, good. Claire that isn't was... upset. <laughs> we can end it's this. Goal of we can that end I have this... failed yet again. <laughs> <laughs> we can end this episode with four of us feeling good and Justin feeling disappointed. Um, uh, so until next time, until next week, where we'll discuss the next episode, uh, live your dreams and live them well.
This has been a Popsicle Podcast production.